everyone, I'm Kate. And I'm Libby. We're the creators of Tales by Mail and this is our brand new podcast. Hello fellow book lovers, welcome to our very nice villains themed podcast episode. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the books from our October box. This box included two novels about surprisingly lovely baddies, alongside author letters, activities and surprises. We're joined today by the authors of our featured books and the pupils of Griffith Anne Primary School, who have read both of these novels and have lots of thoughts and questions to share with you. We've also got another fantastic book to recommend, which we think Tales by Mail members will love. And we want to tell you about our new subscription for younger readers. If you've got little brothers and sisters, aged five to eight, who'd like a book box of their own, we're thrilled to introduce our new Hatchlings boxes. So let's get started. The first book in the very nice villains box is... His Royal Hopeless by Chloe Perrin. Now we have a reading from Chloe from His Royal Hopeless. Hi, I'm Chloe Perrin, author of His Royal Hopeless, a book about young Prince Robbie who thinks he's the most evil prince in the entire world. The only thing is he's actually quite nice. He just hasn't figured it out yet. In the centre of waning lay a castle, a castle of dark brick and twisted turrets which leant over its kingdom as though about to take a bite out of it. Within this castle of terrified servants and endless cobwebbed corridors lay a bedroom. A bedroom with a family tree painted meticulously down one wall. The name on the tree was known throughout the kingdom of Waning, largely because it was the name of the rulers who kept burning down people's houses. It was a name that could silence a room, that could make a cavalry run for the hills, that could send shivers down even the sturdiest of spines. The name was that of their rulers, of the most despicable, distasteful and downright evil royal family in the entire world. That name was written in bold, spiky silver letters, painted stylishly and with exquisite care at the top of the family tree. The name read, The Sinistevils. The royal family tree was a gnarled one, a nasty one. Sinistevils did not play nice with one another, and most family gatherings ended with a few more branches snapped off. Even so, it was a tree that thrived. Near the bottom of the tree, in angry violet lettering, was the current ruler and matriarch of the Sinistevil household, Queen Viella Sinistevil, who liked to crush peasants and laugh as their villages burnt. The silver line of the tree wound down to her equally cruel eldest son, the late Prince Brutus, who led armies and laughed equally hard at the burning of villages. However, Brutus was not the final name on the tree. Right at the bottom, crammed up against the skirting board, was another name. The people of Waning had not yet seen Viella's surviving son and heir to the throne, whose name on the tree was obscured by a crowd of lint and dust bunnies. But they did know his name. The boy who could only be as vile and disgusting as the rest of his bloodline, who could only be as evil as evil can be, was called Achoo! Robbie Sinistevil woke with a sneeze and sat up in bed, drawing a long pyjama sleeve across his nose. Good morning, he said to the silvery tree snaking across his bedroom wall as he hopped from under the covers. 
as Robbie threw open the curtains on what was promising to be an absolutely glorious morning, he assumed, like the rest of the kingdom did, that he was as evil as evil could possibly be. Why would he ever think otherwise? Robbie was a Sinistevil, and Sinistevils were evil. Evil was his legacy. Hooray for Robbie, the nicest Sinistevil there ever was. Thank you, Chloe, for sharing that reading with us. Now we're going to head over to Griffidan Primary School to hear what their young readers thought about his royal hopeless. What character would you like to meet from this book in real life? Uh, I would like to meet Robbie because he sounds very funny and adventurous. Devon, because she sounds very kind because um, she sounds like she might be able to be a better queen. I would probably like to meet Robbie because um, he seems like a really fun and happy character to meet. Robbie's family have been evil leaders of the kingdom for decades. What qualities do you think make for a good leader and what qualities make for a bad leader? Well, I think for a bad leader it would be you're burning down your kingdom's houses and you're kind of making them not get a day off. And for a good leader, I think what they do is they start off really kind and they wouldn't steal from their kingdom. For a good leader, I think you just have to be really kind to everyone you meet and whoever comes back into back into the town and like just pe- new people come in. And for a bad leader, you're just like, oh, I don't want, I don't want you. No, don't want to I don't want you to live in my town. I think for a good leader, you need to be able to lead your team and make sure they know what they're doing and keep them moving. Whereas if you're a bad leader, then you just um, take your team into something and they don't know what they're doing. A good leader were to be kind, um, probably have a conscience, listen to their subjects, but a bad king or queen um, wouldn't listen to their subjects. They probably wouldn't even listen to anyone. What was your favourite part of the book? I probably won't um, My favourite part of the book was when Robbie t- started to go out on the quest to find his heart and I think also the part at the end where he got um, the crown to the throne. I think it was a really heartwarming story. How did the book make you feel? The book made me feel quite happy and um, positive at the end and that um, just it's just good to remember that it's always good to be good instead of bad. It made me feel kind of sad for um, Devon's father and for Robbie because he has such a cruel mother. It made me feel a bit scared because when because Ro- when Robbie's outside the do- and the door um, and um, Devon and Robbie's mum are talking about him having a clockwork heart. It made me feel scared because at the end, because afterwards, Robbie's mum shouts at Devon. If you were going to sum up this book in three words, what would they be? 
Um, they'd be spooky, funny and adventurous. Um, unusual, funny and weird. Exciting, interesting and fun. What might happen to the characters after the book ended? They might, um, Robbie might be the king and then his mother will get her conscious back and then Devon's father will be the head thingy again. So I think the queen might get her comeuppance and Robbie might um, get to live the life that he wanted. I think that Robbie's going to have children and and they're going to be like Robbie and they're not going to be evil like Robbie's mum. I hope so. Robbie definitely deserves a happy ending surrounded by good people. We'll chat a bit more about his Royal Hopeless later when our pod squad asks Chloe their questions about their brilliant book. Now, though, it's time to introduce the second book from our Very Nice Villains box. The book in question was... Rules for Vampires by Alex Falks. Hi, I'm Alex Falks, author of Rules for Vampires. Rules for Vampires is a spooky, funny book illustrated by artist Sarah Ogilvy. It follows the adventures of Leo the Vampire when she sets off into the forest on her 111th birth night. Because Leo has been a vampire for 100 years, she now has to hunt her very first human, and she has to do well to impress her mum, who is the most evil and powerful vampire in existence. Unfortunately, everything goes very wrong when Leo accidentally creates two ghosts who are at war with each other. Throughout the book, we learn the eight vampiric laws that control the world of the vampires. Some of these rules can be bent, and some can be broken. This extract from Rules for Vampires will teach you these special laws. There were highs and lows to being a vampire. On one claw, you got cool powers like beastly strength and hypnotism and the ability to grimwalk, a skill so fantastically, breathtakingly, spectacularly amazing, it required an ooh just thinking about it. On the other claw, however, vampires were bound by the vampiric laws, rules to protect the balance between the worlds of the living and the undead. The eight vampiric laws. Rule number one, the vampire will not enter uninvited. Rule number two, the vampire will not stand in the light of day. Rule number three, the vampire will not touch the purest silver. Rule number four, the vampire will not partake in the foul bulb, flower or stalk of the garlic plant. Rule number five, the vampire will not gaze upon holy artefacts. Rule number six, the vampire will possess no reflection. Rule number seven, the vampire will consume the blood of the living, thus sustaining their immortal unlife into eternity. Rule number eight, the vampire will undertake their first hunt on the dusk of their 100th vampiric year. I love this book so much. Thanks for reminding us of those rules, Alex, and for sharing that fantastic reading. Now let's catch up with our pod squad and find out what they thought about rules for vampires. 
What character would you like to meet from this book in real life? Um, I'd like to meet Leo because I'd like to meet a real vampire and she sounds really nice. I would like to meet Leo as well because I like vampires. I want to meet Leo because I love vampires and I love the way of how vampires like catch things. I'd like to meet Minor because I wonder what it'd be like when she got frightened with Leo coming into her room. How did the book make you feel? Well, it made me feel warm on the inside because near the end I heard something really nice and it was like a nice family to read about. Um, I think scary because when the ending happens I find it quite scary. I found it quite quite scary because um, <laughs> there was a bit in it where there was a picture with a vampire. It was creepy. I found it enjoying and it quite frightened me at some points. Did you enjoy the book and who would you recommend it to? I'd recommend it to most kids over the age of four. I'd recommend it to any age past about five and to family and friends. I would um, give it to children across the school so they could learn how to read it. I would give it to my family, my brother, my mum, my dad and everyone, and I'll give it to people over six. I'll give it to the whole world. If you were going to sum up this book in three words, what would they be? Amazing, great and super. Exploring. Um, exploring us, um, amazing and enthusiastic. Very mindful and exploring. Um, imagine, imaginative, um, cool and amazing. Um, peaceful, amazing and entertaining. Entertaining, feisty and terrific. Alex Fox is currently working on book two. What do you think might happen to Leo and Mina next? And is there any character or story you'd like to know more about in the follow-up? I would like to hear more about Leo and see what happens next. I would like to know more about Marge, the knight in shining armour. I would um, like to know more about Leo's dad. I'd like to know more about Leo because... Oh, in the first loads of pages, all we really um, hear about is Leo trying to find a prey. I would like to hear about all the von Lottebergs. I would like to find out about Leo's family and herself and her family, basically. We can't wait to find out what happens in the next book. Before we introduce our author guests, we asked our pod squad to talk, Who's the Baddest Baddie? The real villains in these books are Robbie's mum and the author master. Who do you think was the baddest baddie and why? Well, I think the orphan master because um, he really looks like that he would be one of the people that just threw a fist fight and win it. The orphan's master because he's really strong and he can just do anything to stop stuff in his path. Well, I've got to say, they're both really bad, but I think the orphan master, he's, like, he was always being mean to the orphans in this book, making them clean. 
Um, I think the author master because he's strong and he's powerful. I think the um, author master. I think that Robbie's mum was the baddest uh, baddie because um, when Devon leaves the door open, um, she really shouts at Devon. Robbie's mum because um, she's, like, really cruel. Ooh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Robbie's mum is so horrible to her own son, but the author master is just plain wicked. I'm not sure who I think is worse. Um, now let's head back to our pod squad as they quiz our guest authors. Meet the author! Uh, my name is Harley. I have a question for you. Why did you make um, the book about an evil character? My favourite characters in pretty much everything are the bad guys. I love a good bad guy. And it just seemed really, really fun to, if I was going to write a book, to just fill it with bad guys. Um, yeah, and it was fun. <laughs> Uh, that is a great question. I think evil characters are a lot of fun. Of course, Leo, the hero of our story, isn't evil yet, but she longs to follow in her mum's evil footsteps, as someone who she looks up to and really respects. But Leo is friendly and kind and curious, so I'm not sure if she will ever be a real baddie, but I think it's interesting to write characters who you expect to be evil, but who are actually secretly good. Hi, Chloe. My name's Sammy, and I would like to ask it when you make a next book about Robbie, and who did you get the role model for Robbie for? So I don't really like basing my characters on people in real life just because I get too nervous that those people are going to read my book and recognise themselves in the characters. And they might be upset because they might not like how I've portrayed them. So I try not to do that. Um, so Robbie isn't based on anyone. But I would love to meet someone who was like Robbie. I'd love to meet a Robbie in real life. I think they'd be really fun, really nice to talk to. And um, why did you start making these books in the first place? I have written books for a very long time, ever since I was little. I love to make up small stories in my head and on paper. And I also like drawing pictures and comics to go along with my characters. I think when you have a special hobby, whether it's writing or art or music or sport, I think it's important to enjoy it all as much as you can. I have always considered writing to be like my special hobby. And I still think it's my hobby, even though it's also my job now. It's just my favourite thing that I like to do. Hi, Chloe. My name's Erin and my question is, why did you choose to make Robbie good and all of his other family bad? I've always really liked the idea of writing a main character who is just different to everyone else that is around them and how they kind of struggle with that. It was very much something that I felt as a child being... Uh, LGBTQ, uh, non-binary and neurodivergent. I always knew I was different and it was really hard figuring out why and, you know, understanding myself and why I was different to all my family. 
Um, that's not to say that my family was all made up of evil people. They definitely weren't. But um, but yeah, I was different and I wanted to make Robbie different and maybe help other people who also are kind of growing up different. Hi, Alex. I wonder how long your it took to make your book. It took me five weeks to read up to page 145. Wow. Uh, five five weeks to read Rules for Vampires. That is brilliant. I'm actually a very slow reader, so it takes me a while to read a book. Uh, I like to take my time and really, really enjoy it and uh, go back and reread all of my favourite bits and really imagine the story in my brain. Actually, writing a book, though, takes a little bit longer than five weeks for me. Uh, it took six months to write the first draft of Rules for Vampires, and it took two years and ten months between first starting to write it and finally getting the book published. And this is actually very, very fast, uh, believe it or not, for um, getting a, a book published here in the UK. All of the books that you see in your library and in the bookshops have taken a really, really long time to get there, so it's very impressive. Hi Alex, my name's Sammy and my question is, will your books about Leo carry on? Yes, uh, the next book, Rules for Ghosts, is due out in September 2022 and the story carries on from Rules for Vampires. I've actually got lots and lots of ideas for Leo's adventures uh, in the Dread Vault and beyond. I actually can't wait to share Rules for Ghosts with you all. Leo will be exploring the ghostly realm with her ghost friend, Minna, who we meet in Rules for Vampires. I had such a lot of fun writing this different side to the world, sort of like looking into a dusty mirror and seeing what was beyond it. There are lots of fights in this story and some new characters that we meet along the way too. Uh, and I think that these are the main things that have made it really exciting to write. So I hope that you look forward to it. And Chloe, will there be another book about Robbie? Um, you know, I think his Royal Hopeless works so well as a standalone. Like, I, I think Robbie might, um, he deserves a bit of a rest. So he might uh, hang up his crown for a little bit. But, you know, I've got stories for days <laughs> about Robbie and Layla. And, you know, watch this space, I guess. Now we have a question for both authors. There were so many amazing characters in these books. They must have been loads of fun to write. Did you have a favourite character to write about? I've spent a lot of time writing Leo and working on Leo's character because she is the character who we follow through this spooky journey. And it was important to me that I put a lot of heart into her. So she is a lot like myself when I was 11 years old, but also um, different people who I know, my friends... Uh, students that I've met working at my school. But I think my favourite character is probably Margad, who is an enchanted suit of armour and Leo's butler. I like that she is strong and tough, but also caring and clumsy and a bit of a fuss pot. Her scenes with Leo are comforting to write because she's always on Leo's side. The queen... Absolutely, for sure. Because all the characters were fun. I loved writing Devon, especially. I loved all of like the nervous ticks. I loved writing Layla. But like 
I got to get all my anger out with the Queen. It was just insults, funny insults all the time. It was so much fun. <laughs> the Queen is so evil. It must be really fun writing villains. Before we sign off, we wanted to recommend a brilliant book to you all. It's called Wish You Was, and it's by Alexandra Page. This is such a lovely book about a girl named Penny Black who discovers a small, small, fluffy group of creatures called the Sorters, whose job it is to deliver lost letters to their rightful owners. It's all set at Christmas time, and it's such a fun and sweet read. We'd definitely recommend this as a Christmas gift if you're looking for books to gift to young readers this year. We also wanted to take a moment to quickly tell you about our new Hatchling subscriptions. We've just launched a new version of Tales by Mail for readers aged 5 to 8. So if you've got little bookworms in your house and want to inspire them to love reading for life, find out more on our website. You'll also find details of the next Tales by Mail theme for readers aged 8 to 12 on our website. Our next box is all about quests. This December, join us and a cast of adventurous characters as we go on a quest. You can sign up for a subscription at www.talesbymail.com. We can't wait. Thanks everyone for listening and thanks to Chloe Perrin, Alex Falks and the pupils of Griffidan Primary for joining us for today's podcast. Thanks everyone. Bye for now. Bye.